Listeners, welcome to the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show. My name is Alon. And my name is Ara. We have a website. It's Chatterbox Video Game... No, it's not Chatterbox Video Game no, Radio. No, that's not the website. That's the Facebook page. Yes, Chatterbox Video Game Radio. And our website is ChatterboxGameShow.com. In case that's easy to remember, it'll take you to the Facebook page. So that's that's good. See, you know what this is? This is a filter for... Like a check and a balance, you and me? People who can... Uh, who are smart enough. To pay attention. To pay attention. Good. Yeah. Um, so you, when you go to either the Facebook page or the website successfully, you will know you are part of an elite group. I, I suppose that's true. Um, you'll find a lot more on the Facebook page, though, just FYI. Yeah, there's a bunch of actually, there's a, lot of, there's a bunch of conversations happening there. That's yeah. pretty cool. I, well, when the Xbox One thing happened, I, uh, I got chatty. As you should. Yeah, and plenty of other people joined in. So In, in keeping with our namesake. <laughs> I hadn't <laughs> thought about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> and today we've actually got plenty to be chatty about as well. This is true. Right, uh, you have a, a big platter of things in front of you to talk about. Yeah, and as you may predict, the first thing I would like to talk about involves racing. What a surprise. But not directly. This is, this is more of... I, I just want to... Give a little exposition into like what buying a game is like for me now, and I think that it's probably not dissimilar from most of you. And because it's, I don't know, things have changed. I feel like things have changed a little bit. In what and, way? And I'll tell. I'll tell you. I won't tell you directly why, but in in telling this story, maybe uh, it'll make sense why okay. I kind of feel that way. So. Grid 2 just came out, right? This is a sequel of a game that uh, last um, the first one was like several years ago. And a game that you liked. I liked very much. Although there were some strong criticisms as well. There, there are. And, I mean, it's a Codemasters game. And Codemasters racing games, they, they always seem to do some stuff so impressively well. And then some other things um, not well at all. Like the kind of like the what kind of idiot decide made this decision type of uh, things, right? But uh, the important parts are the ones that you like, um, right? No, like the, it's it's like bad menus, good gameplay. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to break down the nitty gritty, but basically, um, I mean, overall, it was very very satisfying, and it's it's actually like a rather reputable game amongst the uh, fans of this kind of game. Okay, so the sequel comes out. And um, so my first inclination now is, uh, all right, uh, let me look online. Let me find the demo, right? Now, I could have sworn we've talked about this before. Did it only just release? It just came out, yeah. Okay. Uh, There's no demo. So you go looking for a demo, and there isn't one. And, uh, you know, I mean, I played this. This came out on PC, but I play it on console for um, obvious reasons. And so, so now I'm like, hmm, demo didn't come out. I wonder... When the demo is going to come out. You know what's interesting? What's that? That So Xbox Live, the specific to Xbox Live, which I don't think Grid is not a live game, uh, or rather live arcade, no. I should say. But incidentally, XBLA. I was looking for the demo both on Xbox Live and on PSN. Yeah. Well, and that makes sense. But I think about the rules associated with Xbox Live Arcade specifically, and they require that a demo be available. Like, you can't have yeah, an Xbox Live Arcade. But not, but not for retail games. Yeah, course. not for games on demand. Right. But Sony never did that. You don't have to have a demo of any game, even download-only games. You are totally correct. But you know what? Think, Hold that thought. I mean, just keep that in the back of your head. When we get, Later on, we're going to segue into another related topic, and you just said something incredible relating to that, but keep going. Okay, so... What I was what I was leading to is with the Xbox One, everything's going to be digital download. At least, I, mean, I don't even know if they said that much because I didn't watch the whole press conference. But since even a disc-based game is still a download, yeah, they certainly want that, don't yeah. they? So I won. I wonder if there will be a requirement that there's a demo of every game released on the Xbox One. Like, Somehow, like even what you would consider full. Yeah, if, is there going to be a separation of live arcade and not live arcade games? I don't yeah, know. that's a good question, and certainly uh, your prediction would be consistent. But I have a really strong feeling like they won't do that, and they might even do the opposite. But that's for the 
later topic. You, you, th- you think some of their games won't be download possible? Like they they will still come on disc, even I, though they have to be played. Digitally? No, I think like most games are not going to have demos, probably. Yeah. And maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they won't be downloadable at all. Um, Especially because they're going to be Blu-ray. Okay. Possibly. But anyway. Okay. I'll so keep, I'll I'll shut up. You can I get was, back to it. I was like, okay, there's there's no demo. Let me look online. Let me search the internet and see uh, when this demo is coming out. Because Codemasters has made a demo of virtually every console racing game that they uh, that has come out in this generation, um, if not literally every single one up until now. Um, so then I look around and I find some information that basically leads me to believe um, not only is there no demo right now, but they will not be releasing a demo. So now I find myself in this quandary because it's like, well, I'm really interested in this game. But I'm not so interested that I will just shell out 60 bucks right away because that's how much the game is right now. So I'm like, okay, well, this is weird. You know, the, they're not making a demo for this game. Uh, and we'll, I think the reason why we will talk about uh, with the next uh, or later topic. But so I was like thinking to myself, like, you know, a couple days passed by and I was like, okay, Ara, you know what? Like if I like since there's no demo, because now this realization has solidified into uh, my reality. Like they're not going to change their mind and post a news. Right, hey, guys. Right. So, so it's like, okay, I have two options. Um, I can buy the game new. Or I can wait until it drops down to like $30 land, right? And I'm like, well, it's probably going to be a few months, right, until that happens. Unless you go on Craigslist, in which case it'll be like $10 in a week. Yeah, but then there's like, you know, it's going to be the used game. And then like, I don't know if they have a pass with this or not, but I just assume that they would because that's what everyone's doing. And I really do want to play this game online, too. Um but at that point, I told myself, look, Ara, you know, this is – I want to support video game development. The industry is in shambles. Nobody can make any money. They're trying all of these ridiculous things to make money because none of the conventional things are working. So, okay, look, just suck it up. Aren't you the guy who ar- argues against that idea? Which Every idea? time we bring it up that they're not making any money? That we just well, – we, we peaked and – yeah, but the, the industry is in a really bad way right now. now they, I mean, overall, they are, right? It's just the huge hits, right? It's like, it's like all the money is being dominated by the few giant hits, and nobody else is making money, okay. right? So it's very lopsided, and I feel like it's becoming more and more lopsided, right? Um, so, like, certainly uh, a game like Grid 2 is not the uh, super blockbuster, Right, so it's like you know what I I, I do want to support things that aren't already super blockbusters. So maybe I'll buy it. Does it work with your fancy steering wheel? Um, it's purported to, and if it's anything like um the last Codemasters game, um, it'll work with it, but not as well as GT Five. But that's that's fine. I mean, it'll be serviceable. Um, but here's what happened. I was, so, so then I, I, I convinced myself that I was like, okay, I'm going to buy – I'm just going to pay full price. I want to support my industry. I don't want my industry to fall apart. Even though this is a drop in the bucket one way or the other, uh, I don't want to wait like three months to save $30. Like this is silly. But then I read something else on the internet where they just released a patch. The very same day I decided, okay, I'm going to like buy this game new. They just released the patch, and there's all kinds of problems previous to this patch, and there may be another patch. So now I find myself questioning my decision yet again. Maybe I should wait anyway because the game was broken in so many ways. And I don't want I don't want to do they spell it out. Do they explain what's wrong or just that there was a bunch of junk? Well, there was I mean, there's a whole litany. There's a huge list of things that they fixed. And a lot of these are like the game will hang after you do this and the game. You know, I mean, it's not just like little things. It was like pretty significant things, it seemed. And it's not just things that happen when you play online. Uh, No, I mean, basically, I skimmed the list and I decided that these were like serious enough issues that like suddenly I do not. uh, I'm less eager now once again to buy the game right away. That's really frustrating because you know they released it knowing what all these bugs were. Right. Like they were discovered, and they released it because they needed to get it out by a date. 
to to probably match some other thing like some bulk discount on disc production that had to happen within a certain week because someone else was going to take the factory the next week or like some BS like that yeah. that results in them cutting a corner and allowing a subpar game to get put on a disc even though they they know that it's not right because they could just release a patch and the truth is that some people will never see the patch because they don't have the internet access or don't realize that they're it needs to be patched. Stuff this like is that. this is true. Also, um, That's so frustrating to me. I just find all of this uh, not only a little frustrating, although luxury frustrating, no doubt. They're really, really not encouraging me to buy the game at full price. Every single thing they're doing only encourages me to wait until the full price drops. Well, maybe that's why they didn't release a demo, because making a demo is extra work. Well, and maybe, clearly, they need to continue working on the game. Maybe that's one reason. And and, and the other thing, too, is I, I started reading reviews about it, and it's crazy. It's got, like, the PC version has, like, an 82 Metacritic. And you know what their user score is? Nope. 5.4 out of 10. Huge disparity. Now, yeah. on the consoles, the disparity is a little bit less, but there's still a fairly big disparity. And... Uh, it's funny because it's being reviewed very well, but a lot of users are upset because it is not the same kind of dirt. Dirt. Uh-huh. I was talking about the other game. It's not the same kind of grid, apparently, that it used to be. And it seems like they've made, basically, they've made all of these concessions and all of these changes in order to expand the market for the game. Red, that they've literally said this. But in doing so, they're actually alienating their core market. And I feel a little alienated here, reading at least about the things that people are complaining about. Yeah, it certainly sounds like it. And it's like, I just feel like they've lost me. Like, what are you, like, what are you doing here? All right. Well, we'll hear more in just a sec. Chatterboxers, how much do you love Amazon.com? Since you're like me, the answer is a lot. And since you love Chatterbox almost as much, here's what I want you to do. Next time you get a new game, a pair of socks, downloadable MP3, anything really, go to helpchatterbox.com. It takes you to Amazon, but when you buy something, we get a piece of the action. That's good for us, and Amazon feels good because you didn't buy it from GameStop. Helpchatterbox.com. Remember it. Bookmark it. Tattoo it backwards on your forehead. And yes, all I'm asking you to do is buy stuff you are already going to buy. Just do it at helpchatterbox.com. All right, we're back, and you are still listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. And still sponsored by the University of Advanced Technology, whose website is uat.edu. Please, please take a look at them. Um, so we're talking about Grid 2. We're talking about demos. And I brought up something in the middle of that, saying that, or reminding us that Xbox Live Arcade games are all mandatory demo. Yeah. Right? Have to have it. Because you'll remember. Which, which actually, I, I got to interject is one of the singular most beautiful decisions Microsoft has ever made. And it fits into the model. Like this, this model is you download it, you get to play it a little bit. And then like you get an achievement. It's like, Hey, if you want to keep this achievement, since we all love the Chivos, uh, like buy the game and you get to keep it. Yeah, and also like you already have the game. So you don't have to do any more work. Like you don't have to download anything, but just a little key that unlocks it. You don't have to download the game again. Um, it's, it's built in in such a way that like every game must have a demo and must have a, this purchase path to upgrade and all that, and uh, it's 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 pretty good. It fails from time to time when I have a game like I'm logged in on someone else's machine and I should be able to play it, and then suddenly it's like no, you're not. It thinks that it's not unlocked, which is frustrating. Yeah, I don't know well, if that's ever happened to you. Welcome to software too complex for its own good. Yeah, so it it does create some frustration, but. Uh, when it's working properly, it's actually very nice. And Sony never went this route, which is is interesting, right? I, Sony really became online with the PlayStation Three. I mean, they tried with PlayStation Two. Same with with Microsoft, right? The, yeah. This current generation. Is Nobody has really gone online. this route except for Microsoft. 
I mean, and the, you can look at the the eShop on the 3DS, and there's a few demos. Yeah, and and that speaks it. to the way that they've built their their network. Like everyone agrees that Xbox Live is the most thorough and well put together. Yeah, networking that's of, true. of any of the consoles, and and that's I think part of the reason why is the way that they built out Xbox Live Arcade. Um, so Sony didn't go that go that route and it's weird because i just don't have a natural expectation that i can play anything it will have trailers of most things but not everything and it doesn't always work very well it, it's an inconsistent experience yeah, speaking of inconsistent way. um let me take this opportunity to complain about uh, the screenshots and trailers they do have for games specifically on the sony store you know what across the board ultra low res so i actually don't really I can't get a good impression of what the game really looks like because the trailers are hyper-compressed and even the screenshots are uh, compressed more than they should be. Yeah, I, will wait, I would wait the five extra seconds to see a much less compressed screenshot that clearly shows me yeah, what's you, happening. You know what I find strange about video games, um, perhaps more than movies and other media? It's like, I mean, obviously we play games in motion. It's not stills. Yeah. And looking at a screenshot of a game I've never played before, so I don't have the context, yeah. it's just not useful to me at all. Well, even- you know what's even less useful? Is when the marketing department decides that um, nobody deserves to see an actual screenshot of the game, and so all the screenshots are basically like renders. just renders of art. So, you, I mean, there was one really good example on Xbox Live uh, recently um, that was like, it was some kind of tower defense game, and every single screenshot was basically of 3D art. You could not tell anything about what the game was like or I have about. Not, I have not seen that on the Xbox. Store. Oh, I'll, I mean, I'll show it to you after the show. It's crazy. It's like you're just looking at a gallery, and you can't even tell what's going. You can't even tell what's happening. I'm surprised happening. they let that happen. This I is was... this is this is endemic of marketing people because they think that somehow if a game screenshot looks like a game. That uh, I don't know, people will want to distance themselves from it, or I don't know what, the, I don't so know where I, they're coming I, from. This this happened most recently to me when I was uh, downloading Doritos Crash Course Two. So we've talked about how much I love the Crash Course games, yeah. right? And downloading it obviously takes some time. It didn't take a long time, but it took a few minutes, and so I had time to look at the screenshots. And obviously, I'm very familiar with the original Crash Course. Yes, but and, and so like I understand what the game's going to be. I get it. I look at screenshots for the second one. And my brain just doesn't work. Like, I'm looking at them and I get it. Like, okay, there's some stuff going on here with, like, you know, the pathway that the guy has to run and jump along and whatever. But it just it doesn't click. And I don't know how to explain it. It's uh, so, like, human brain pattern recognition is a complex thing that I'm not going to get into here. But there's there are images that click in your head and you get it. This happens to me a lot, actually, looking at things on, like, Twitter and stuff. When you yeah. look at tiny avatars and you yeah. don't know what you're looking at on the screen until you blow it up bigger. Yeah. Um, like, I just – the pattern recognition fails. And not comp- it, it's not the same way as when you don't recognize someone's face or something. But I'm looking at the game and I just don't – I don't feel like I've played it. It doesn't feel familiar. It's the same as when I go to E3 or something and I, I watch a demo. Yeah. Or, like, I sit – I stand there to play a demo, and it's like, okay, I play the demo, and I understand what's going on, and I, I play just fine, but something doesn't click in my brain with that game, and it's totally different than when I'm sitting in my house, and I turn on the game from the start, and I watch whatever stupid intro video exists in the game, and then I play from the beginning, and you know it has a lot to do with whatever training level happens or explanation might happen at the beginning, but there's, there's something very different about seeing a still shot and then even when just playing a demo where you only get to play for a short time, it, it that extends in the same way in my head at least. I it's think it's such because, a foreign experience. Yeah, it's, it's not just you. It's me too, and I think it's a lot of other people. And I think it's because of how – and I'm not going to say every marketing person is like this, but the vast majority of marketing people, I think that the mar- marketing is choosing these screenshots and the criteria that they use – uh, has nothing to do with communicating what the game is like to you. Yeah, that makes sense. I should, I should talk to my friend who used to do video game marketing stuff. It makes and, and sense. Choose the screenshots and but and but I think like they're that. but I think they're wrong. But I mean, like I understand, you know. 
Like, I think so, I understand why it happens. Have that you had way. the same? You said it's not just me. Like you've had that experience. You look at these screenshots and you just can't understand what's going on in the game, even yeah. when it is a, an actual screenshot. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, yeah, even when it is, yeah, and it's because the, the screenshots are poorly selected. Usually, and this is the other thing, right? I mean, the develop the, the developers are so busy that usually they just uh, have some schlub. Yeah, some intern or take the screenshots, and I actually don't think that I'm not under the impression that whatever criteria is used to select them, that it's uh, it's very uh, careful one way or the other. Yeah, I I would totally believe that. And then when it is careful, I feel like they're they're taking care for the wrong reasons and the wrong values. But but anyway, the whole reason why we got into this was <sighs> okay. Look, there's. This study that EDAR, E-E-D-A-R, did, um, and this was actually, I, I, I just discovered this today, and I was shocked to realize It's like that five years old, right? It's from 2008. Yeah. They did this study on, um, well, how do game sales ultimately relate to whether you release uh, a trailer or uh, a demo, or both the trailer and a demo, or neither a trailer and neither a demo yeah. for your game. Before we continue, I got to say, I don't trust EDAR worth a damn for anything that I, they do. I don't. Look, Especially I just... Especially something they did five years ago, when I, I'm pretty sure it was just one dude. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, to, to expand on that for a second, because this is real important... Um, we have no idea how they really did their study. I don't think that their data is available. We don't know how many games they used. This this uh, relationship here, at best, only shows correlation, and we cannot prove causation. And it's it's really like fascinating and scary at the same time. Yeah, and so that's assuming we're we're taking it for what it's trying to present, like a, right. taking it for face value, although. We don't trust the data. Right. So why don't, why don't I explain uh, what they say at face value? And, um, and, and then we'll get into at least why I'm actually incredibly uh, fearful about the consequences of things like this. Here's what they found out. Here's what they're claiming. Here's what they are saying is reality. If you release a game and you only have a trailer for it. Now, let's start the other way around. If you only have a demo and no trailer, then your game sells the least. I'm, I'm going to be enumerating four options here. Yeah. And let, let's also, just to make it easier to understand when you're listening on the radio, when you only release a demo, meaning when you only give them the chance to play it as opposed to watch it. Um, ostensibly, yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I know that that... that goes without saying, but I just want to clarify the point that that makes. Like, the difference between a demo and a trailer is you actually yeah, get to play yeah, the game a playable versus you demo. watch what somebody else puts in front of you. Yeah, it's a little more precise. Now, uh, oddly enough, if you do not release a demo and you do not release a trailer either, um, you actually, they predict, will sell more. And that's what they found with their data, supposedly. Yeah. More than if you release just the demo. Yes. But not as much as... Not as much as if you released a demo and a trailer, which uh, makes sense, and you would expect that too. However, um, what's really the most interesting finding and the most upsetting to me is that if you only release a trailer and you do not release a demo, your game actually sells way more than the other three alternatives. Like, I've got this graph here that I'm showing you that nobody else can see, and it basically has four lines going across. And they're, they're fairly equally spaced, more or less. The, the trailer-only one that I just described is uh, a little bit bigger gap between the rest. But, uh, Alon, the, this is the Xbox... No, this is the PlayStation 3 graph. Mm -hmm. They did do one for Xbox 360. And this top line of you only released a trailer and nothing else is like three times farther above... Better marketing. Yeah. So let's analyze these these uh, details. Just to break down, because it's hard for you guys to probably keep it in your head, the, the four different sequences he said. So worst to best, demo only. Right. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold it. Let's do that. Go to break. We'll be right back and break it down. 
to me, Mario. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. It's a number one. Okay, we're back. And to, to break down this data that you were just giving, so first a review. There are these four states, with and without a demo, neither or both. Yep. From lowest to highest in terms of sales, correlation as as dictated by EDAR's study from five years ago. Right. Uh, lowest is demo only. only. Then neither. Right. Demo nor trailer. Then uh, both right. demo and trailer and then just tra- the best one makes the most money. You don't get to play the game. You just watch the game trailer only. Yeah. So so here's what happened before we continue. Basically, EDAR was going around and reporting the study to everybody who will listen. And EDAR is a relatively significant entity. So a lot of people listened. Don't know why. And okay. basically, this study has um, spawned a whole bunch of reports and news stories all over that basically said, oh, clearly, if you want the game to make the most amount of money, you release a trailer and you do not release a demo. And what seems to have happened is that a lot of companies that before this thing came out released a lot more demos and now a lot fewer are doing this. Yeah. So I have, I have my ideas why, but I also want to break down what that data means in, in the order we gave it. It essentially means both having a demo and having a trailer have have an effect on the sales but it basically says that having a trailer has a greater effect like the the effect of having a trailer is greater than having a demo and a demo has a negative effect while trailer has a very positive effect yeah that's what it sounds like actually the demo is negative and the trailer is extremely positive and but if you add the trailer if you add the demo to the trailer it brings that down yeah well they kind of meet in the middle right yeah, so, so that so demo brings you down, trailer brings you up, and trailer brings you up more than demo brings you down. And yeah, yeah so there's there's that. And my my argument, my uneducated, undata backed argument would be with a trailer, you define what the user's seeing, right? It's like a movie. Even a crappy movie looks awesome in the trailer because they paid somebody who knows how to make a trailer and knows how to make a crappy movie look exciting to make that damn trailer. And so they work really hard to make a trailer where you see exactly what they want you to see and whatever overdub happens that makes it feel super exciting. Like that trailer is great and I totally want to play that game. The demo, you actually play the thing and it proves that let's let's say half the time the game is good and yeah. half the game half the time the game is bad. Well, that half the time brings everything down whereas with a trailer 100% 100% of the time it looks really good. I I think you're absolutely right. So there's – but there's some huge, huge thing that, like, everybody is missing that I want to get into in a second. Now, to, to say this a slightly different way, what you just said, it's like the demo gives you reasons to not play the game. The yeah. trailer only gives you reasons to play the game. So yes. it makes sense, right? There was, it was funny. I was, I was um, lurking around some comments and – some of my favorite comments were uh, this one guy was like, trailers is looking at a girl. Demos is kissing the girl. <laughs> yeah. Which, um, well, I guess it could go either way. But a lot of times um, looking at the really hot girl uh, is more exciting than kissing the really hot girl. Yeah. You might say, uh, why, why buy the milk when the cow is free? <sighs> yeah, I guess. Well, you still want to buy milk, though. But anyway, <laughs> um, you know, this other guy was like, Here's another angle, actually. Demos encourage devs to stop making crap games. But only if... If they know the demo's going to release? It's only if the developers actually have control over uh, how they make their games fully. And, well, I guess that's true, too. You know, and this is... I think that this works, but this doesn't work in the in the climate that we're in right now, because here's what I think happened. Okay, I, I would like to say I'd like to see this study cross referenced yeah. with a list of uh, whatever we can use to measure dissatisfaction with the game. So either ratings, 
like to see that's the, a that's another angle right. or know? or potentially like returns to the store or uh how quickly the game like 10 percent of the of the sales were put into the used market what whatever metric people have to say that the game was considered a bad game yeah that's actually i, I want to come back to that but this this thing about um look here's what happened Basically, EDAR presented this to the industry, the corporations, and I feel like the corporations took it at face value without understanding the actual complete, especially long-term phenomenon that's happening here and without understanding all aspects of it. Now, here's one problem. A lot of demos really suck. Yeah, but I I think... The underlying game and, is yes. the most important part of it. Yes, and a lot of games really suck too, right? Yes, and, that's and so, for sure. So this this study, I feel like, had a horrendously detrimental effect on the industry because I feel like everybody basically just took it at face value and was like, oh, well, this means that uh, trailers are always better and we should never make demos. But I think that that is only true under the assumption that um, your demo slash game is crap. I, because, because, I agree. And, and now I want to respond to what you just said. Uh, what they don't take into account, and what I'm actually even more interested in nor- than normal, and I'm very interested in this in general, is the consequences of the economic phenomena of you buy a product with an expectation and your expectations are thoroughly dashed and you are really upset, right? Buyer's remorse. That doesn't. That is not taken into account here. How many times have you bought a game where you're like, "Wow, that was a huge waste of money." I'll be more careful next time I buy a game. Mag Max, eight <laughs> bit Nintendo. Who remembers that? Buyers and Morris, baby. Yeah, it's it's happened to us so many times, and it's 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 really. I have. I am buying far fewer games because of that very fact. I'm really. I would really like to know from our listeners. You guys have experienced stuff like this too, because what happens is, at least what happened to me was that, like, okay, well, I'm now even more discriminating than I ever was, because, um, because because of this. You know, I have been. I feel like I've been s- screwed so many times on buying a game with the expectation of X, Y, and Z, and then I don't get. I just get half of X and then a, a Q and an S thrown in there for good measure. Yeah. Well. I mean, in in someone's defense, I don't think it's because you saw a trailer that interested you in a game. It's that you probably had expectations built some, for some other reason. Probably like reviews or probably, but natural. this is this is interesting because it's like they don't. Basically, this is saying that like trailers get us so excited that we buy the game more than if we actually knew what the game was like. Which I, I feel like there is a direct, like regardless of uh, how authoritative this data really is, I feel like they are basically, they're basically like th- things are the way that we've just described them. Like let's say that they are. Um, things are this way because, th- or actually, okay, I'll put it this way. I think things have to, like things are this way only because games are truly worse than the trailers. That promote them. Yeah. Like the only explanation is basically what you just said, that that the quality of games does not meet people's expectations. And this is why I'm so upset because... Um, well, it, it could also mean that trailer making is just really, really powerful. But, and it, so it generates false, well, well, it falsely high expectations. But, but, but that doesn't diminish the reality that, game, that the games, more often than not, are much worse than the excitement generated by the trailers. Well, yeah, but... So your the argument before was having a demo as opposed to a trailer. Um, it it makes the developer, at least in a condition where he has control, it, it makes the developer produce a better game. Where I'm saying it could be that the developer produced a really good game, and the the trailer creator produced uh, an equally or even more greatly excellent trailer. Yeah. So it, you know as. It created a disparity between the truth and the expectation. Yeah, this is true. And, and one other thing, by the way, um, and this happens a lot. I'm sure you guys have, have felt this before. You've played a horrible demo where the actual game is better than the demo. This happens too. I don't really play many demos. So. It, it happens. I'm not going to claim to say how often it does, but it happens. And 
I think one reason is because, well, the demo takes a lot more work, actually, I think, than to produce a trailer. And it also takes much, much more work to produce an excellent demo that uh, gets you excited about the game and also gives you a good impression about the game without belaboring you. A lot of these demos, unfortunately, um, and ironically, I think it's because of this like mandate, like on Xbox Live, for example, that every game has to have a demo. So they know they have to do it, and they don't want to take away time from the actual development of the game proper, right? So they have to do this resource game. But well, what I think happens more often than not is that the demo gets short shrift, so you you often end up with a poor demo for a, a, a equal or better game. Now, in the case of Xbox Live Arcade, where they are required, yeah, isn't it? And, and maybe I'm wrong. If memory serves, though, don't you always start from the beginning of a game with Xbox Live Arcade, whereas with other demos, no, you don't actually. No, so there, you, there's some that like will like. You know, let's say there, there's, like, some marble game where there's, like, 50 levels. And, like, the demo, like, you could play, like, stage 3, 6, and 12, for example. Okay. That's interesting because then I don't know how they handle achievements where some achievements are, like, get through the first level. And oh. so you might get, like, a, an achievement from the middle of the game yeah, right you off could. the bat. Yeah, you totally could, I guess. That's interesting. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, – it's – God, I, I don't know. I don't – I want to say, like, I just saw this thing about cholesterol, and I feel like, you know, there was this report in the 50s about cholesterol, and everyone listened to it, and I, I now believe it's completely wrong, and I feel like yeah. it's like the same thing happening well, here. What's what's funny to me is that I was not aware of this study, nor am I aware of the reactions that the market has had to it, but what's just amazing to me is that people pay attention to this crap. Like, I don't know, I don't know what it is. That's in, it's insidious when the report comes out, and this is what happened to cholesterol. When the report comes out, everyone just listens, and it just spreads like wildfire. Well, I mean, I'm sensitive to this because from the minute I ever heard of EDAR and whatever studies they had, like, I knew that they were a joke. And I don't remember what the first one was. I don't remember what my first exposure to this company was. Yeah. Well, well, the lack of insight into the parameters of this study certainly contributes to their lack of authority. Just looking at the curves you have on that, on that chart and how perfect they are yeah. demonstrate how how manipulated the data has been or how small a sample they have. We just don't know. We yeah. don't know. We don't know how they did it. We don't know what games they picked. We don't know what games they excluded. Yeah. But it's just funny that whatever, marketers pay attention. Are you going to find a Master of Science program in technology that creates thinkers who understand how business works and how to apply the technology? Where else are you going to discover a graduate degree in technology that is customized to meet your objectives? Where else in the Valley, on campus or online, can you study at the only private university that gives you the opportunity to focus in specialized areas like network security, artificial life programming, and game studies, as well as technology management? Where else? Where else but the University of Advancing Technology? UAT's graduate technology program is accelerated. It combines business with technology. It offers the flexibility to adapt quickly to changes that come in high-tech fields. Feed your brain. Lead. Manage. You won't find this innovative environment anywhere else. UAT, the select private university where you'll be fully immersed in technology. The experience is unrivaled. Click UAT.edu. That's UAT.edu. All right, we're back. Once again, it's Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Website is ChatterboxGameShow.com. Facebook is Chatterbox Video Game Radio. And... The wonderful place that sponsors us, UET.edu. That's the website uh, for the University of Advancing Technology. Thank you to them. Um, <clears throat> I think it, I think at the end we started perhaps going in circles with the, the demo versus trailer thing just now. So I'm ready to move on. Yeah, I just want to say one last thing. Okay. The demo for Shank 2, I don't know if they did this on purpose, but it seemed that way. And... 
they stop the demo. You know how like they usually stop demos like right after a boss or right before a boss to like make you feel even more eager. Yeah, right? some some exciting plot point or whatever. Yeah. Well, this demo appeared to stop the demo as soon as you do this uh, this one particular special move at the boss that he's vulnerable to. There's this lunging move that you do, and they literally stop the demo like as right before I connected with the boss. Wow! And that was I was like impressed. I was like, "That's good." It's like this is a movie, and you're about to see that big hit. Yeah, and they literally stopped it right before the hit happened, and I was like, I was just so blown away. That's an emotional escalation. Yeah, yeah. I can't blame them for that. That's actually kind of. No, that was good. That was good. But, okay, let's stop talking about demos. Okay. Good. Are we going to talk about patents now? Uh, No, you know what? Let's uh, talk about Zynga. Zynga? You know, there's Zynga. Dude, they they tanked this week. Back in the news. Well, they've been in the tank for a while. Um, Their their stock yesterday went down like 20% or something. It might not have been yesterday. Well, it's like at $2, so like, okay. Well, yeah, it's it's been lingering at about $3 for a while, but... Uh, I remember there was one particular... It was the day that there was an announcement that you're probably gonna, about to talk about. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was yesterday. I don't know why I bought Zynga stock. I don't know, like, like why, yeah, how I was I either. that stupid? Yeah. Well, we all... Talk about stock decisions. <laughs> I am the one making all the bad stock decisions. But, um, but yeah, they went from, like, 340 or something down to under $3 in one day. Because... Well... They just announced that they're closing the doors of uh, three offices, which amounts to 520 employees. Not the first time they've they've had big layoffs. 18% of its total workforce. Like, how crazy is that? That means that um, they had about 2,500 employees, and now they have still, like, 2,000, which blows my mind still. Yeah, that they would need that many. 2,000 employees? So here's the funny part, right? There's a bunch of ironical things that came out of this. Uh, one of them is that this, uh, this studio called OMG Pop, uh, which was the studio that made Draw Something about, about a year ago, maybe a little more. Um, and Draw Something was made not by Zynga, right. by this studio that Zynga then bought. Yes. Right? Um, so it's, it was actual talent. Yes. Uh, they bought them for $180 million, I might add. Uh, just about a year ago. Okay? A company that made one game. Yeah, so this is closing now, and it's the funny part. I mean, that's funny in and of itself. What's even more funny is that around that time that that story happened, there was just one individual who worked for that company who was like, no, I will not go to Zynga. And he got all kinds of flack for that. And, from uh, who? Who would give him flag for that? Everybody, especially like Zynga. Like they, they like pressured him and like all his other fellow employees were like, you're making a big mistake. And I mean, I guess he's getting, you know, his revenge now. But um, here's another crazy thing. Hang on, hang on. Did, yeah. did that studio get dumped? Yeah. Draw something. Yeah. That's one of the studios that are closed. That's hilarious. Yeah. So spend $180 million one year and the next year throw it all away. That's cool. So another interesting factoid is that um, this is only actually this event about the this 18% layoff is two months after Zynga reported uh, doubling the salary of their top executives. Well, naturally. Somebody yeah. needs to be making money. Yeah, naturally. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, yeah, no, they, they haven't been making good decisions. And that's... So their business model, they did really well for a while because... It was just all a shill game. It was just Mark Pincus's GD shill game. Well, it was also... To extract money out of everyone as much as possible so he could run to the wherever his island is. Yeah, but, I mean, that was based on them showing sales. And the thing is, uh, games on Facebook used to be very different. Like, people played games on Facebook yeah. because, basically, Facebook al- allowed games to infiltrate timelines. And then they realized, like, the Facebook timelines. Right. And uh, I think they realized that that was obtrusive, and they didn't want to lose their core social networking to a bunch of people playing crappy games online. Indeed. So Facebook essentially just cut off that, that fire hose, said, you you know, it, it 
We're yeah, going to build things totally differently true. in such a way that it's going to naturally destroy the presence of gaming. Only the people who really want to play it are, are going to play, right? So none of this, like... Yeah, well, the presence of gaming was kind proceeds. of naturally destroying Facebook, too. Well, so. well exactly, right? <laughs> so Facebook took the route to help them, not other people. And, and that's the problem with a business model that relies on somebody else. So there are so many companies out there that rely on their SEO rank, right? Their, their page rank in Google, the fact that they come up high is great for them. But they don't have their own independent marketing that ensures that they get traffic. Yeah. And that's what this is. Like, Facebook was a, a natural search engine, for lack of a better word, for Zynga properties. And as soon as Facebook took that away and said, no, you're going to do your own work, um, they just, they totally tanked. Remember, they started off at 10 bucks. But it's been, they did. They went up to like, I think, 12, and then they tanked back down. But it's been, I mean, it's been... It's just been disaster after disaster, and we all we all know. I mean, like remember, like Pinkus was like very forthright about like, yeah, we just we just did everything we can to make the most amount of possible as fast as we could, right? And taking like just exploiting everything possible, right? And I mean, you know, they're well known for exploiting their users, and they're well known for exploiting everything, and now they're in the dumps. And speaking of exploiting, um, I also just learned today that a lot of uh, Zynga employees discovered that they were fired through facebook only how would you even find that out through facebook somebody tweeted a former uh, zynga employee basically tweeted that fact just tweeted that he found out through facebook yeah like thanks for letting me know that i don't have a job through facebook basically yeah so i don't understand what did they like just send private messages to people or something no i think they sent a public message on facebook announcing that they were closing studios oh (laughs) That's awesome. So that that coupled with the fact that their stock structure basically allowed all the top people to get out uh, at their peak and basically skim as much money as possible from um, their stockholders. I mean, can we talk about um, when when you lost jobs at previous companies and how like you did? Do you, can we talk about yeah, that at all? We can talk about that, of course. So like a claim. So they did something very Zynga-like. Yes, they. Uh, when they went bankrupt, actually, when a claim went, when the home office, when the company went bankrupt, the home office uh, neglected to tell the satellite offices that they were bankrupt. But we found out because they just stopped paying rent. Okay, so, so they stopped paying very- rent, but did they stopped paying you guys. Well, when they stopped paying rent, we weren't allowed to go into the building. And that's oh. when And that's not even when we found out because we called our producer and we were like, We can't get in the building, the doors are locked. And then she was like, Oh, they just forgot to pay rent because she didn't know any better. Yeah. Uh, they must have just forgotten to pay rent uh, just to come back tomorrow. And that was a Wednesday, and that happened for three days. And then we had an emergency meeting on that Saturday. They actually told you to keep going to work, like just go back the next day? Yeah. Because she didn't You had even, never told me that part. She didn't even know what was happening, my producer. Uh, she wasn't even privy to the reality. That's when, amazing to oh, me. Oh, it's, so, it's the, um, the amazing just never ends. Um, maybe we should... Maybe we should talk about this more next show, too. But <laughs> we can save it. <laughs> no, well, let, let me just say a couple more things. So we actually found we only it, it took us until Saturday to find out. And we only found out on Saturday because our manager, our general manager of the studio, called an emergency meeting on a Saturday morning outside of the studio because, of course, couldn't get in. Couldn't get in. So he said, everybody show up yeah. to a parking lot. Basically, yeah, and I will tell you that FYI, you're no longer employed. Yeah, and even I mean, even I mean, he he was screwed too. I mean, yeah. we were all screwed. Um, but so, at least he was giving you the courtesy of telling you what's going on, even though he was already fired, right? Yeah, you know what? So I'm going to save the rest of this because there's a lot of juicy details for our, our next show. Um, but the other times that I've been laid off, the other uh, three or four times, I don't remember anymore. Hard to keep track in this. It is hard to keep track of. Um, it, those were all from THQ. And uh, despite, all, despite all of THQ's uh, mismanagement, actually, they were pretty good layoffs. Just because, in terms of like severance and stuff or just I got, communication? I got a nice – well, it's – no – not inter- I mean, in terms of communication, comparatively, yes, because they told you, uh, 
you are now laid off. Go home. <laughs> I guess that's a plus. <laughs> Um, I mean, you would never get you would never get advance notice. Um, there, no, you know what? I take that back. Um, on one of those occasions, there was one project that we were in the middle of finishing. This was Dude's Big Adventure, and they actually uh, did do us the courtesy of telling us that after the project, uh, we wouldn't need our services any. They wouldn't need our services anymore, and that was actually the most brilliant layoff ever because um, not only did we get to know ahead of time, but they gave people an option if they wanted to quit already. But if they did, if they, if they quit early, right, they wouldn't get a proper severance. They gave us a pretty good severance. They even let us take uh, our, our very powerful computer equipment uh, home, which sounds silly, but uh, was pretty good. Yeah. So well, that's um, neat. I guess there's always, there's always a risk like that. You could put something in the game to ruin the game or cause a recall or, you know, if you're mad at the company. Well, you know what? I think I mean, that's usually why they don't give you forewarning. I guess. But, I mean, if you treat employees adversarially, they will tend to be an adversary. Yeah. I'm noticed. with you. Okay. Well, end of show. I think there's a great way to end <laughs> as long as you're comfortable talking about it. Um, so, yeah. We'll be back. We'll be back next week. With and more uh, layoff stories. Yeah. That's going to be a fantastic show. All right. Well, stay tuned and tell us what you think on Facebook. Talk to you next week, guys. Good night, guys. listening to chatterbox video game radio tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming and remember all your base are belong to us